0: Okay, we're starting Masechah's Peah, new Masechah. This Masechah deals with the different gifts that one gives to the poor. Masechah's Peah essentially is the Torah's uh, treatment of how to redistribute wealth to deal with poverty in society. It actually entails 13 different mitzvahs, um, but a lot of overlapping. There are seven mitzvahs asay, positive mitzvahs and six asay, negative mitzvahs included in the Masechah. Uh, just a really quick overview for you. Um, There are a total of eight prakim, eight chapters in the Masechta. The first several prakim deal with the topic of peya. That's what the Masechta is named after. Peya means a corner, as in the corner or edge of your field. Um, Just like the corner or edge of your hairline is called the peya, the peyot, which you don't cut on one's head, a man's head. So peya is the mitzvah to leave the edge of one's field unharvested. It actually also applies, we'll see, to trees, etc. And in fact, um, more than that, we'll see that there's not just a lota say, a negative commandment not to cut to the edge of one's field when you harvest, but also mitzvah ase to give fruit from the edge of one's field, or produce from the edge of one's field, to a poor person, which means we'll see inside the masakhta you you could violate the lota said the isser, the prohibition of harvesting to the edge of your field, and still perform the mitzvah ase of giving peah. We'll explain more in the masakhta. Then, uh, the fourth and fifth parak um, deal with leket. Leket is the obligation to leave individual sheaves, one or two stalks of, let's say, wheat that fall as you're harvesting them. They fall to the ground. You have to leave them for the poor people to, to come collect them. Um, then the fifth, sixth, and part of the seventh parak deals with the mitzvah of shichah. are forgotten sheaves or forgotten bundles of sheaves you leave in the field on accident. You can't go back and get them. Each one of these mitzvahs, like in Shecha, include both a lo a prohibition, as well as an ase, mitzvah's ase. Um, then the rest of the Seventh parak deals with two unusual mitzvahs that are unique to vineyards. It's called parrot and Olos. Uh, parrot is very much the same as Leket. Liket is the sheaves that are falling when you harvest the wheat crop. Parrot is individual berries of uh, grapes as they fall when you're harvesting the grapes they fall to the ground, one or two, you leave them for the poor people to collect grapes. And all those is the mitzvah to leave certain underdeveloped or unusually developed grape clusters on the vines. And finally, the eighth peric deals with, um, the gen- in general, the principles of tzedakah, as well as the mitzvah of Maeser Ani, the obligation to leave one-tenth of your produce over and give it to the poor people in certain years. Those would be years three and six of the seven-year Shemitah cycle. All to explain the mesecht as we go along, but now we begin the mesecht in earnest. Perak Aleph Mishnah Aleph the Mishnah says, and it's a very familiar Mishnah to you. The following list of items are mitzvahs in the Torah that have no shiur, no measurement, no minimum, nor a maximum. Midoraisa, according to the Torah, although there are mitzvahs here that have limits, either min and or max. Midoraban. Uh, so here they are. The first is Hapeya, the obligation to leave the edge of one's field. When it comes to Peya, you could leave a single stalk at the end of your field and fulfill the mitzvah peah, or you could essentially, once you start harvesting, leave the entire rest of your field, meaning just you harvest the first stalk and leave the other 99.99% of your field of peah. That's also peah. Now, leaving for peah actually has at least two different halachic consequences. The first would mean if you leave it as peah, so then only an aniyah, legally classified poor person, is allowed to take that produce. An usher, a non-poor person, couldn't take it as opposed to if you just were mafkir, if you abandoned those stocks, then anyone could take it who wanted. The second thing is, food that's left over as peah is exempt from the other hafrashos from trumas and maestras. So if something's left over as peah, the ani can collect it, and he doesn't need to take off truma to give to the Kohen, or maestras to give to the Levi, etc. So by saying there's no shi, we mean that whatever you leave as peah has legal status of peah, meaning it's limited just to poor people, and the poor people who collect it don't need to tithe it before they consume it. We'll see later that Midr-Rabanan, is a minimum of a 60th. We'll get to that in a moment. The second item on the list is Vahabikurim. Ikurim are the first fruits that one must give in Eretz Israel of the Shivat Aminim, of the seven species by which Eretz Israel is praised. That's uh, wheat, barley, olives, grapes, figs, dates, and pomegranates. Um, one must set aside some of his first fruits to bring to the cone in the Beis HaMikdash. Um, but these first fruits the Bikurim, there's no she or Miduraisa, meaning that one can give, uh, just one grain or one pomegranate or as many as he wants. Um, the, the Bartunur says in Mesechus Bikurim that there's no she'er either, but the Rambam in the third parak of Helchus Bikurim says that it's one sixtieth Durabanim like Peah. Next, the Rayon. This means literally, and the being seen or the appearance it's referring to one of two possible things. Either A, there's a mitzvah in the Torah that three times a year on the Shalash Regalim, the three pilgrimage festivals, um, one must be seen, must be present in the Azara, every every male Jew. Um, as the Pasuk says, Shalash Pam B'Shanah, Yira'eh Kol um, three times a year, all of your males will be seen. So according to the first shot, the No Shi'ur for is referring to a person can go uh, as many times on the Chag or stay for as long as he wants during the Chag in the Azaret, be present and uh, sort of bask in the presence of Hashem. Um, but there's no set amount. So one second or all of the seven days is equally um, allowed. The other pshat is that when one goes to the temple um, on the three holidays, the three Shal regalim, so he must bring two korbanos. One is called the Olus Re'iya, the Holy burnt offering of being seen, the ri'ya. And uh, the other one is Shalmich Hagiga, uh, a Shlamim offering that uh, will be eaten. He'll eat it as part of a celebration um, on the Yom tif. So, Midoraiso, the second shot is that there's no sheer to how much or how little one spends on this Oldest Ri'ya and Shalmich Hagiga. He could spend as little as he wants on a small little goat, or as much as he wants, he could bring a 100 cows of Shlamim or if he wants to. Next on the list is Gimlus chasadim, Acts of Kindness. So again, no, no shi or midoraisa, minimum or maximum. This could be referring to either acts that one does with his person or with his financial resources, of his guf, that's the person, or his mammon, his financial resources. Again, um, one could do as much visiting of the sick and escorting of the dead and Kalo as as he wants, as little or as much. And similarly, a person could, could uh, use the financial resources to help as many Poor people and yeshivas, etc., as as uh, as he likes. There's no shear Midor midorabanan. There is an upper limit on the at least the financial component. If we say have one who wants to be mivazvez to go and uh, and uh, spend lots of money. He may not spend more than one fifth, twenty percent of his income, because um, we're afraid he'll get uh, impoverished himself. But that's only a, a limit midorabanan, and perhaps money is there for those people who are fabulously wealthy and worth hundreds of millions of dollars. It wouldn't apply, etc. But in any case. Um, finally, the fifth item on the list is the Salm Torah, the mitzvah of learning Torah. Again, here there's no shiur, there's no set minimum or maximum um, according to the Torah, midoraisa. The Pazzi does v- say the v- gisabah and Balala, you will learn it um, both morning and night. And that means one has to be koveya itim, has to set a particular time both to learn Torah in the day and the night. But what he learns in that, in that window can be as small or as large as he wants, no so set amount is even just saying Kriya he could be Yotzi, etc. Um, but obviously, uh, the more one learns, the more meritorious, the more eschar he will get. But there's no set minimum or maximum amount in terms of Talmud Torah. Now, the second part of the Mishnah has a new thought. Again, I'm sure you know it because it's, it's in our daily davening. The following are things that a person literally eats the fruits in this world but it means the person enjoys the benefits of the mitzvah in the here and now in this world But karen but the principle meaning that the essential reward he'll get is, is the haba. it's preserved for him until the world to come so basically what we're saying is these mitzvahs um, one gets the reward in the world to come like all mitzvahs but these mitzvahs also one enjoys the benefits the fruits of his labors in this world um, and you'll see the common thread here is all these things are mitzvahs that promote harmony in society so by making a harmonious society and uh, having good you know, social relations, a person benefits, of course, because it's a happy, healthy life uh, of well-being in this world as well. So here they are. av <inaudible> Ha'va'im, honoring one's father and mother. Obviously, having a good relationship with one's parents um, is very wonderful and, and is a great benefit both to parent and child in this world, independent of the fact that there's a reward for fulfilling the mitzvah. U'gmilus chasadim, <inaudible> acts of kindness. Again, the same thing. By doing chesed, one, of course, gets... Schar uh, and that is kindness is low. But by doing kindness to others, and there's a natural built social net. There's warmth between friends, society, people feel comfortable and happy, and everyone benefits. So again, that's a benefit in this world by living in a society that uh, one can rely on his his, uh, his fellow. Vahava shalom ben an promoting peace between uh, fellow Jews literally means bringing peace between man and his fellow. <clears throat> so of course, promoting peace and peaceful relations between uh, between People in your society means everyone's, of course, that much more, more uh, happy and there's more the harmony in, the, in society. and Everyone wins. Yeah, um, there is a Gemara in Shabbos Kuf Zain where there's a list of six more mitzvahs that are a person is ochel perasey bolam hazeh, but the Karen is K-Mislo. Um <clears throat> But uh, if you look there, you'll see that all of those mitzvahs essentially are of the same kind of theme of bring peace relations. Um, Peaceful relations, one to his fellow. Um, that list, I have a mnemonic um, of the letters of alphabet: Aleph, Beis, Gimel, Dalid, Hey, and Vav. So I'll share that with you right now. So Aleph is for Orchim, Hachnasis Orchim, Beis is for Bikur Cholim. Gimel is for being Migadel, raising your children in Torah. Dalid is Don Lechavshus, judging your fellow uh, favorably. Hey is, is Kala, Kalla. Uh, providing for uh, women to get married. And vav is vi'i um uh investing in one's prayers. Um, those, all those things one benefits from in this world, even though the karen is the reward for the mitzvah itself, is k'ayam haba, is preserved to the world to come. And finally, the mission ends by saying, v'salmud Torah, keneged kulam. The study of Torah is keneged kulam. It's um, equal to all of them, these other things. Um, that is to say, as many rishonim describe it, if you put Talmud Torah on one side of a pan balance, these other mitzvahs on the other side, uh, Talmud Torah would weigh out equally to them. It's shakul k'nege kulam. The idea being, says the Rambam and, and Tos Yantov as well, um, that the idea is that Talmud Torah enables you and informs you on how to perform these mitzvahs properly. And of course, without that proper um, understanding and the and, uh, paradigm of how to perform these mitzvahs, of course, they're not worth what they could be. And therefore, by Talmud Torah, it will, it will uh, inform you on how to do the mitzvahs as they ought to be done. And therefore, of course, that means there's, it says, uh, that the Talmud Torah, the study of the Torah, is equally important and equal weight to the performance of the mitzvahs themselves.